0: Welcome back to Not Just Paleo. This is your host, Evan Brand. This week's episode features Dr. Richard Hansler, who works from lowbluelights.com. He works for the Lighting Innovations Institute, and he is a senior scientist, or actually was a senior scientist for 42 years at GE. I'm sure we all know GE, one of the world's largest lighting laboratory companies, He developed all different types of lighting technologies and applications. And now he focuses on what these lights have done to the human race. Uh, This is a huge topic. We spoke about light and the way it affects circadian rhythms on the episode with Dr. Paul Jaminet on a few episodes back. You should check that one out too. But in the meantime, let's talk about this one. Dr. Hansler is very, very concerned with the amount of lights that we have in our society, especially at nighttime. Uh, So for women listening to this show, this can affect childbirth. Even before the child's born, the way that light exposure happens to you, especially if you're working third shift, this can affect your hormone levels, which then can go through the placenta and affect the child as far as development. Uh, You know, there's nothing to worry about uh, yet, just listen to this podcast first and just take everything take everything in. You know, some of this is overwhelming stuff because we're so used to our lifestyle and we just accept it as normal. But when you realize that electricity didn't exist just two hundred or less years ago, uh it's quite amazing all the studies that are coming out about blue light especially and how it's affecting hormone levels. So, Dr. Hansler is 88 years old, so he's actually the oldest guest on the show, and that was very, very great to have him on. And we will have him on again in the future. Hopefully, we can get more into other topics. But what we're going to cover today is the relationship between blue light, cancer, type 2 diabetes, sleep, seasonal affective disorder, new mothers, and obesity. Uh, I'm pretty sure we touched on all of these topics at least slightly. And all these topics can be found at lowbluelights.com. That's where Dr. Hansler runs his site from. And he has a product, which are the light uh, blocking glasses that block blue light and allow your proper hormone levels. Thanks again for listening. Thank you all so much for those that donated this week. uh, I have a contribute button on the side of the website at Not Just Paleo. That's very appreciated. So thank you all so much for that. And also, if you want to head over to iTunes, if you just have two minutes write a review for the show. Thank you all who did that last week as well. And I think it's time for us to get into this week's show, so hope you enjoy. And I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell the listeners why he's on the show today.
1: Well, hello, I'm uh, Richard Hansler. I'm a professor at John Carroll University and uh, former employee of General Electric Lighting. And uh, now I'm very much interested in the effect of light on health.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I brought you on the show. I found you from a website, lowbluelights.com, which is your site where you have glasses and all different types of products that help people reduce the amount of blue light in their life. Is that right?
1: That's right, and uh, we're offering a large array of products that help people sleep better and uh, also help them obtain better health by avoiding blue light at night. Uh, There are a number of discoveries made quite recently that uh, make this up-to-date information something that was not around 20 years ago. turns out that there are sensors in the eye that were not discovered until the year 2001 that have to do not with vision, but with control of the internal clock in the body. The internal clock is located in the brain, near the base of the brain, in what is called the SCN. Uh, Too complicated a word to try and remember other than the SCN. But its function, this internal clock's function, is to control the pineal gland that produces melatonin. Melatonin is called the sleep hormone because it appears... Primarily at night, or almost exclusively at night. Typically, the internal clock uh, is controlled not uh, primarily. The internal clock is controlled primarily by light, and uh, that's where these newly discovered sensors come in. Uh, these sensors are in the retina of the eye. They're different from the rods and cones that everybody knows about. And uh, the nerves from these newly discovered sensors don't go to the visual cortex, that part of the brain that controls vision, but rather go to this SCN and to the pineal gland and to the internal clock, so that
0: when your eyes
1: are exposed to light first thing in the morning, it resets this internal clock. And about 12 hours later, the clock sends information to the pineal gland that tells it to start producing melatonin. Melatonin begins flowing uh, early in the evening, about 12 hours after the initial exposure your eyes had in the morning. And uh, it starts flowing uh, in the early evening, gradually builds up to a maximum the middle of the night and then drops back to near zero about the time that you wake up. So this is the process that is being controlled by light. And uh, when we evolved or whatever we did uh, for millions of years, we had exposure to 12 hours of light and 12 hours of darkness. Since we now have electric lighting, since Thomas Edison's famous invention, about 100 years ago, uh, the, this has had a profound effect on human health and particularly on sleep. Uh, because of this exposure to light, not only resets the circadian clock when you're exposed early in the morning, but it also suppresses the production of melatonin in the evening if your eyes are exposed to light in the evening and this is a, something different now from what we had when we evolved.
0: Absolutely. This is the
1: thing that is in people's sleep.
0: Yeah, and something else that I wanted you to talk about was the relation between melatonin and the estrogen hormone and how that is such a huge factor for men and women.
1: Well, that is an important part of the story. Uh, not only does melatonin help you sleep, but it also fights cancer in about five different ways. Uh, this was discovered uh, again fairly recently that nurses that worked the night shift at about double the rate of breast cancer as nurses that did not work the night shift. It, it's thought to be this effect of the exposure to light at night that the nurses who worked the night shift did not produce as much melatonin and therefore this increased their risk of breast cancer. Uh, This is not just something that was based on the study of the nurses, but something that was discovered beginning in about 1990 with animals of various kinds, rats and mice and hamsters. Uh, they found that if the these animals were given a carcinogen, something to make them develop cancer, if they had lots of melatonin, that the cancers were less likely to grow than if they had very little melatonin. And the, the way they controlled the amount of melatonin was by how much light these animals received. The ones that received lots of light, like we get for maybe 14 or more hours a day, they developed the cancers. While the mice and rats and hamsters that were allowed to have very long night times, now where they were in darkness for like 14 hours, many of them did not develop cancer at all. Uh, This is a very remarkable thing and one that one would think the uh, cancer people, the institutes and the societies that raise money for cancer would be very interested in, but strangely they have shown very little interest in this work that is relating to how melatonin fights cancer. And uh, as Evan has suggested the way that uh, melatonin fights cancer most effectively is because it suppresses the effect of estrogen. Estrogen has been shown to be a stimulant for developing cancer. And uh, that's why uh, the, the studies that were started by the National Cancer Institute in which they were giving women supplemental estrogen after menopause. That study was stopped because these women were developing cancer at a very fast rate. So there's very clear evidence that estrogen, although it's vital for life and is important, uh, it's important to control its bad effects by maximizing and. Uh, the fortunate thing is that we have this... You, you, you broke up right
0: there, doctor, right as you were saying that. Were you saying maximizing something?
1: Yes. Um, by maximizing melatonin, one can reduce the bad effects of estrogen. Okay. Um, the uh, And the way to do that is to be in darkness for long periods of time. But uh, that's not something that most people want to do. And the thing that is important to learn, again, quite recent discovery, is that it is primarily the blue component in ordinary light that is the problem. This is a very fortunate thing in a way because it allows us to filter out the blue rays and still have the benefit of the rest of the spectrum to do things in, night, in the evening and uh, still not suffer from this lack of melatonin. In other words, we can sort of have our cake and eat it. We, uh, we have developed light bulbs that don't produce blue light and eyeglasses that uh, block the passage of blue light so that we can have what we call virtual darkness in the evening and get the benefits of melatonin flowing so that we have lots of it by bedtime and also have its cancer-fighting effects in place. And in this way, we, we are helping our bodies to sleep and to fight cancer and still able to carry on our normal evening activities. Our glasses only block the blue part of the spectrum and transmit almost all of the other colors. This allows normal evening activities like watching television or working on a computer or reading or whatever you want to do. These products are all available on our website at lowbluelights.com.
0: Yeah, and also I wanted to mention that for smartphones... You have an iPhone blue blocking filter. Does that, that actually goes over the screen of the iPhone, is that right?
1: That's right. Not only do we have artificial lights that contain a lot of blue, but in just the very recent past, we've uh, developed handheld devices like iPads and iPhones that are turning up in the bedroom people are taking them to bed with them to check their email, the last thing before they fall asleep. Then they wonder why they can't fall asleep. And it's because they've been looking at the screens of these various electronic devices that produce lots of blue light. And as a solution for that, we've developed filters that one can put on the surface of the screens it doesn't interfere with the operation, the touch operation of the screens, but it does block the blue light, and this allows people to uh, check their emails or whatever without messing up their melatonin.
0: Okay, and now I've heard before about the, the effect of on your attention span and the ability to focus with light and especially blue light. Could you talk about that?
1: Well, blue light is an alerting function. In fact, light, all colors of light do a certain amount of alerting action on the person so that if you're trying to stay awake, it's a good thing to expose your eyes to blue light. But, uh, Again, it is not the sort of thing that one wants to expose their eyes to when you're trying to get ready to go to sleep.
0: And so all household bulbs, those are emitting some form of blue light, even the CFL curly bulbs, is that right?
1: Right. The normal uh, light bulbs, uh, starting out with incandescent lights, they weren't too bad, especially the carbon filament ones that Edison developed were low enough temperature that they didn't have a lot of blue light, but gradually as they shifted to tungsten filament incandescent lamps and then to fluorescent lamps and now to LEDs, each one of those steps has resulted in producing light that's got a higher fraction of it in the blue part of the spectrum so that uh, this is a, a problem that, Uh, Not only are are our lights becoming uh, more prevalent, higher levels, but also they contain a larger fraction of blue light.
0: Yeah, something I've noticed too is a lot of the cars, especially the new higher-end cars, not only do they have daytime running light LED strips that run all the time, uh, but also the fog lights and the headlights themselves are the high-intensity discharge, the HID bulbs, along with the projectors. That seems to be uh, very noticeable on the road, to say the
1: least. Yeah, they contain contain a huge amount of blue light, so it, uh, fortunately one doesn't have to look at them when you're getting ready for bed normally.
0: Right, so say that you were coming home from work or coming home from anything late at night, and then you happen to... Be faced with oncoming traffic with those new style of headlights that are that are very white. Would that have an effect? Say thirty minutes later, when you're trying to go to sleep,
1: it would in the sense that uh, they will those bright blue lights will have suppressed the melatonin that your body would normally be making at that time of day. But that's not all bad in the sense that when is driving, you want to stay wide awake.
0: Yeah, that's true. So how long does exposure to blue light affect the melatonin levels?
1: Well, it has a very powerful effect, and uh, it's not known exactly how little light uh, has a bad effect. We do know from very recent studies that the normal type of lighting that one has in your family room or living room, or the rest of the house for that matter, will suppress melatonin significantly. There was a study done at uh, University of Surrey sponsored by Philips, the uh, largest company that makes... Uh, I mean, they're the largest maker of, of light bulbs. They're a Dutch company. Anyway, Philips Lighting uh, sp- sponsored this study at the university of surrey and uh, they again showed that just the kind of light bulbs that one has in one's home have a very powerful effect on reducing or on reducing the amount of mel- melatonin that is produced and uh, this has a profound effect on sleep particularly on the time to fall asleep the time before you're Body starts into what they call deep sleep, and the amount of time spent in deep sleep, all of those factors were affected negatively, that is, they were made worse by exposure to light at night. Now, the advantage that we have with the light bulbs that we have developed at John Carroll University and that are for sale on our website is that these light bulbs do not make any blue light and uh, the glasses that we have made available also block blue light so that uh, one can uh, have normal lighting in your home and wear the glasses or you can switch your lighting to light bulbs that don't make blue light. Either course of action is going to help you sleep much better. And since 2005, we've had these products available on our website at lowbluelights.com, and uh, thousands of people have purchased them with a guarantee that if they don't help them sleep, that we'll refund their money. And what we have found over the years is about 90% of the people that buy our products are health, and only about less than 10% find that our glasses don't help. Uh, There are a certain fraction of the people that simply don't make much melatonin, and our glasses or other products are not going to help them.
0: And now you said that was for people that naturally produce low levels of melatonin?
1: Yes, there's a very wide range in the amount of melatonin that, that different people produce. Some people produce 10 times as much as other people. So if your body just doesn't make much melatonin, then our products are not going to help.
0: So is there anything that we can do besides supplement and try to avoid blue light at nighttime to raise your melatonin levels if you are someone who you feel like you're low?
1: Uh, I can't answer that question. I don't really know if there's anything that one could do to... uh, to make your pineal gland more productive. One thing we do suspect is that, if for many years you've been messing up your circadian rhythm, uh, and so your body has not been in the habit of producing melatonin at the normal time, that that may, over a long period of time, decrease the amount of melatonin produced Okay. There's some reason to think that there is a relationship between the amount of melatonin, and the uh, the uh, what they, what's known as depression or clinical depression, and there may be a definite correlation between how much melatonin is produced and the tendency to become uh, depressed. Wow. One of the talking about depression is that there's this. Uh, thing called SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder, and that's treated by exposing one's eyes to light first thing in the morning, and the theory behind that is that if you don't start making melatonin until later at night, you may still have some of it in your body when in the morning, and it can have the effect of making you feel somewhat depressed. And, uh, so this is why light therapy works. It tends to shift your circadian cycle to an earlier hour. And one can do that just as well by putting on glasses early in the evening. This will move your circadian cycle to an earlier hour. Your body can make uh, melatonin for about uh, 12 hours. And if it's starts at 7 o'clock, it'll be finished by 7 o'clock in the morning. And we suggest that this is an alternative way to treat SAD. Melatonin has a bunch of other valuable effects. Um, For example, there's a very recent study that showed that uh, prostate cancer is also affected by melatonin. And uh, men that make a lot of melatonin, have a much lower risk of prostate cancer than those that make very little melatonin. So, again, we think that this is a reason for controlling light in order to maximize it. There's another area, type 2 diabetes has also been shown to be related to uh, the amount of melatonin produced. People that make lots of melatonin have been shown to have a much less risk of developing type 2 diabetes. This was done in a, in a nurse's health study that uh, goes back many years. Uh, and in the year 2000, they, uh, they had many nurses who are part of this continuing study donate blood or saliva samples from which they analyzed the amount of melatonin. Then 10 years later, they looked at which one of those nurses developed type 2 diabetes, and they found that the nurses that had the high melatonin back in 2000 had only about half the risk of developing type 2 diabetes as the nurses that had the lowest amount of melatonin. Back in 2000. So this t- type of continuing study is reinforcing our belief that melatonin is, a, is really good for you in so many different ways.
0: So it sounds like melatonin has an effect on many organs, the heart, the brain, and I guess the pancreas too if it uh, has to deal with insulin and the pancreas and type two diabetes, does it actually mess up or damage the pancreas?
1: No, melatonin is sort of a master hormone that controls the uh, many other hormones in the body. Uh, for example, it controls the, um, the sex hormones, uh, estrogen and, and testosterone. It also controls, uh, As you pointed out, it has an effect on the insulin production, so it has an effect on the metabolism. And all of these effects are widely known by scientists throughout the world, uh, many of them from study of animals. For example, uh, animals that turn uh, white in the winter and brown in the summer, like the uh, arctic fox and uh, the arctic hare, and other animals also change color to a certain extent. That's all controlled by melatonin. And it's the reason it works for animals is that they're not exposed to artificial light. They they tell from the gradual change in the hours of daylight uh, that... They need to change the color of their fur, and uh, flowers also uh, involve melatonin in their effects as to when they bloom and when they have seeds. All of these things are controlled by this internal clock, which controls the production of melatonin. It's a fascinating subject and uh, one that we're learning more and more about. I should mention one other area where we think light is very important, and that's in the case of uh, mothers uh, while they're pregnant and after the baby arrives. If they expose their eyes to light during the night, two things happen. One is that they suppress the production of melatonin, and the second thing is that they reset their internal clock. And... If that happens uh, on a regular basis, pretty soon their body is simply not producing much melatonin, and when it does, it may be at the wrong time of day. This disruption of their normal circadian rhythm uh, has been shown to lead to depression, and um, there are these sad cases of women that have done horrible things to their babies uh primarily because they were suffering from postpartum depression we did a study in connection with Dr Bennett who has written a couple books about postpartum depression in which we provided glasses and light bulbs uh for mothers that were suffering from postpartum depression and we found that the ones that were given the real devices recovered more quickly than the ones that were given placebo devices. We had glasses that were colored, but they weren't the right color, and therefore they didn't b- block the blue part of the spectrum. And the women that uh, were using the the placebo glasses uh, recovered more slowly than the ones that had the real glasses.
0: So, what we've learned already is that prostate cancer depression in men and women and breast cancer type 2 diabetes something i notice is all of these things mentioned are on the rise and it sounds like they directly coincide with the invention of this new light technology is that a safe is that a safe thing to say
1: well i certainly believe that and uh, this is why i have feeling of guilt for having worked for ge lighting for more than 40 years developing, doing research on uh, better and brighter light bulbs, only to find out after I retired from GE that uh, these products are actually making people ill, and uh, this is what motivated me to try to do something about it, and that's when we came up with the idea of developing light bulbs that don't make blue light and eyeglasses that block it, and... uh, When you're as old as I am, we're not so interested in making money. We're much more interested in helping people stay healthy and to sleep better. And uh, this is why we're in business, not primarily to make money, but rather to make these products available to people so that they can enjoy better health.
0: Yeah, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you right now, Mr. Hansler?
1: Well, I'm 88.
0: Wow. Well, I love the uh, the fact that I can still talk to you. If we just go back 200 years ago, that would have been a, a very hard age to reach. So um, yeah, it's an incredible opportunity.
1: Well, at that time we had torches and gaslights, so we didn't have to worry so much. But yeah. the present time with uh, bringing an iPad to bed with you, it's uh, something that is not good for your sleep. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, so what do you see for the future of lighting products? Um, is this something that, w- well, hopefully with uh, with my continuation of this podcast, hopefully I will be able to affect hundreds of thousands of people and educate them about this topic, but uh, what do you see for the mainstream? Is this ever going to get to them?
1: Well, they're in uh, somewhat of a bind. The uh, lighting companies, uh, if they admit that using their light products that are being used in the way they were designed to be used are making people sick and killing them. Uh, This means that they may very well be faced with lawsuits. Uh, In fact, in Denmark, a number of years ago, the uh, state government of Denmark that runs the health system there awarded damages to nurses that had worked night shift for many years and developed breast cancer. I think there were 68 nurses that were given compensation for the fact that they developed breast cancer. Um, That has really slowed down uh, their willingness to admit that using light at night is bad. So I, I think at some point they're going to have to admit that it's bad and probably come up with light bulbs similar to ours. But uh, that may not be in the near future. I can understand that they're in a tough spot. And the only encouraging thing I see is that the study that was done at Surrey that I mentioned was sponsored by Philips Lighting and uh, maybe the other lighting companies will also start doing more work to explore the bad or good effects. We know that light during the day is good, and I mean, you need lots of light on your skin to make vitamin D, And uh, uh, but one gets that primarily from sunlight, not from artificial light. But... Uh, certainly is a problem for lighting companies to know what to do about it
0: yeah do you have any recommendations for people that are stuck in an office all day and they are trying to get that good light exposure are full spectrum lights are those okay to use
1: yeah they're fine and uh, i think fluorescent lights have a lot of blue in them most offices are lighted that way and i my office is here at john carroll university are lighted with fluorescent lights and that's fine i mean the more you need lots of light during the day in fact studies show that getting lots of light during the day increases the amount of melatonin produced at night so that's beneficial
0: but now you still won't be getting the vitamin d absorption from these fluorescent lights though right
1: no, that's true. You still need outdoor lighting to get that benefit.
0: Okay. and Make
1: it to have park as far away from your office as you can so that you get, at least get maybe five minutes of light on your way going in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The
1: trouble is that mostly we're covered up with clothing so that we don't get much skin exposure.
0: So would it be safe to say that you could cure yourself from, from depression by um, engaging yourself in lots of bright sunlight and being outdoors a lot in the summer and then coming back in and then avoiding this light at nighttime?
1: Well, the other thing that's shown to relate to depression is this not having a regular schedule. In other words, to be really healthy, you should have your circadian rhythm locked in pretty much by getting up at about the same time every day, exposing your eyes to light about the same time, and uh, going into darkness at about the same time every night, or going into virtual darkness with our glasses, Uh, a regular schedule of sleep and eating and exercising, all those things on a regular basis are very important for both good mental and physical health.
0: Okay. And now when we're on the subject of obesity, you wanted to mention the two different types of fat. Uh, Tell us about those and how this obesity epidemic relates to this whole thing.
1: Well, it turns out that um, when your body gets too much food of any kind, and particularly if it's rich in fat, your body will make fat. And depending on, which, on how much melatonin you have available, you will either get white fat or brown fat. And if you have a goodly supply of melatonin, in other words, if you're maximizing your exposure to melatonin, much of your fat will be developed as brown fat because melatonin encourages the formation of brown fat. And the thing that's difference between white fat and brown fat is brown fat can very readily be converted into energy. It can, in other words, be burned by your body. It isn't the kind of burning where there's a flame, but it's still the same process of oxidation. And uh, your body can oxidize, brown fat very readily, while white fat is much harder to get rid of. And if your body has lots of melatonin, that does two things. It encourages the formation of brown fat, and it also stimulates the burning of brown fat. So they did experiments with rats in which they gave them lots of fat food. And if they had, if their bodies were producing the normal amount of melatonin, by normal I mean when they're kept in darkness for long, for at least 12 hours, uh, these rats developed brown fat. The rats that were exposed to continuous light, where they did not have melatonin, developed white fat. And this is how they discovered that. There's this ability of melatonin to both warm, brown, fat, and get rid of it by burning it. And these the, the, the rats that had lots of melatonin available, despite the fact that they were fed the same amount, did not gain nearly as much weight as the ones that were kept in continuous light where they did not have any melatonin being produced. kind of complicated but it relates to this whole
0: question of obesity yeah absolutely i mean obesity is a huge topic for my podcast we talk a lot about the consumption of of healthy fats and and how that is so uh if you are someone who's been exposed to unhealthy normals of blue light at nighttime you're someone who's worked third shift you've been a nurse or a firefighter or policeman for 20 years is there a way um that this white fat that you have accumulated, will that be converted to brown fat and then burned off, or can that white fat be burned off, just not as efficiently?
1: It can be burned off, but it's not nearly as easily. As you point out, it's hard to get rid of white fat.
0: Okay, so just the process of trying to change your work schedule or do reduce the amount of blue light, that will... Uh there, I guess it's never too soon to start doing these these small lifestyle changes.
1: That's right, it's never too late either. It, it the sooner you start the better. One of the things that concerns me is that this whole question of when humans mature, when uh when girls have their first period and when boys go, go through puberty is also controlled by melatonin, so that children exposed to light make less melatonin and mature more uh, more early at an earlier age. And in terms of breast cancer, it's shown that uh, girls that mature earlier have a much higher risk of developing breast cancer later in life. It's thought to be with uh, to do with again the time that they are exposed to estrogen, because once they uh, go through Menarch, they they start making uh, estrogen, and the longer their bodies are exposed to estrogen, the higher the risk of breast cancer. So the concern that I have is that we're exposing our children to lots of blue light in the evenings, and this is causing them to go through puberty at a younger age, which is not good for their health. I don't know that it's as bad for boys. Uh, I have not read anything that suggests that early puberty in the case of boys is bad for them.
0: Okay, so yeah, we, we hear a lot about the hormones and different things that are in the food industry now and all the estrogenic compounds that are found in just everywhere in the air and the the soil and all of our food. But it could be a combination of the hormones that are put into the food. Most commonly we hear about chicken, but all, um, you know, farmed, factory farmed style meat. But then I guess we introduce this blue light and then we actually increase our estrogen because we don't have the melata- the the melatonin production to suppress the estrogen. So it's almost like a compound effect it seems like.
1: Right. One thing that concerns me is that it used to be the practice that when a cow became pregnant, they would uh, stop selling its milk. But now the the practice is to go ahead and sell the milk. And when the cow is pregnant, the milk is loaded with estrogen so that our normal milk supply now is much higher in estrogen than ever before. And as a reverse of that, they find that if they milk the cows at, at, during the night, that where they have lots of melatonin, they can uh, sell this milk as rich in melatonin and sell it at a premium. This started in Denmark again and uh, they uh, have melatonin-rich milk available they call it, I think, sleep milk or something like that.
0: That's incredible. Well, hopefully that reaches uh United States and Australia soon.
1: I think I did read that some company, a dairy uh, company in the U.S. is going to be offering milk rich in melatonin.
0: That's great. Something that we mentioned or that we talked about before the call was breast milk in women and how it's so important, especially if women are breastfeeding, to get proper sleep and if they are waking up in the middle of the night to nurse the child, that they should take extreme caution with exposure to blue light um, because the melatonin actually gets transmitted through the breast milk. Could you talk about that whole uh, process again?
1: Yeah, this is why it's important for uh, a woman when pregnant to develop the regular circadian cycle so that she she's making melatonin at night not during the day and uh, she can do this by avoiding blue light during the night Um, pregnant women usually have to get up frequently during the night and they should either avoid turning on any lights or if they do turn on ones that don't contain the blue part of the spectrum and uh, after the baby arrives, again, it's important to maintain this circadian cycle because the breast milk will contain melatonin, and by having, having the breast milk rich in melatonin during the night tends to make the baby stay on it, develop its own cycle in synchronization with the mother so that they both are beginning to sleep on a more uniform schedule, where the baby sleeps more during the night and less during the day. And uh, by, during pregnancy, the baby is again getting melatonin during the night if the mother is making melatonin at night, because the melatonin goes through the placenta into the baby's, Blood supply. So again, the baby is beginning to develop a circadian cycle in synchrony with the mother. And this is a big advantage uh, after the baby arrives that it's used to having lots of melatonin at night. During the nighttime feedings, the mother shouldn't uh, expose the baby even to any light if avoidable because any color of light will stimulate the baby. If you want the baby to get in the habit of sleeping during the night, then you should really do the nursing in darkness. It's true that you may have to change the baby, and you'll need some light for that, but uh, avoid bright light and make sure it doesn't have any blue in it.
0: Okay, so how how should a normal day of energy go, or how does a normal day for energy um, in your life go?
1: I, I guess I don't get the question quite.
0: Just as far as uh, you know what a proper blue light exposure, proper melatonin levels, how should someone feel as they're as they're going throughout their day? I know a lot of people um, have questions for me asking about why I wake up at three am. in the middle of the night. Uh, to go to the bathroom, you know, that could be an, another topic, but just the the fact that they're getting sleep-deprived and then that's leading to more stress and cortisol. And uh, I'm just curious as to how a person should feel and how they should operate during the day and nighttime.
1: Well, again, it should be on a regular schedule, getting up at, at about the same time every morning, exposing their eyes to light first thing, in order to reset your circadian rhythm. Uh, going to, into darkness or virtual darkness about the same time in the evening, going to bed about the same time. If you start the melatonin cycle, say at seven o'clock by putting on glasses, and, uh, and go to bed at 11, wake up at 7 a.m., uh, the melatonin will be gone by seven o'clock in the morning and you'll wake up feeling refreshed and uh, you may find you don't need an alarm clock anymore. And uh, uh, when you do wake up, you feel like you're ready to go. I I think a regular schedule like that is so important and uh, uh, it's not something everybody has the luxury of, uh, you know, if you have to make work nights for a living, you don't have the luxury of choosing exactly when you go to bed and when you don't. Uh, the uh, I've worked out a schedule for nurses that work night shift on a 12-hour on every, uh, three, day, three nights a week. That kind of a schedule, you can work out a way of maximizing melatonin, but it requires wearing the glasses during the night while you're working. And... Uh, This can be a problem because uh, uh, they do tend to make one sleepy. uh, So the question is, can you, in practice, do that without feeling that you're not at your best during your work? And uh, this is something that needs to be tested.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to wrap this show up, but is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with?
1: Well, I think, again, uh, uh, trying to develop a habit of avoiding blue light at night is going to be something that's worth doing because it will improve not only your sleep, and you can do this with uh, no risk because we offer a guarantee that anybody that buys our products and doesn't help them would be happy to refund their money. Uh, I guess that would be a a good way to wind this up is to say we're, we welcome your business and hope that it will help your both your sleep and your health.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Hansler, for coming on the show. It's a pleasure once again to have you on.
1: Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you, and uh, I wish you good luck in, in your work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, and uh, we'd love to talk to you again in the future about this topic.
1: Be happy
0: to do that. Awesome. we'll take care. He acts like it's a good, year, like everything's cool. Kiss a doesn't I never please her? She doesn't have a clue that he's terrible. Knows. Why I'm in mean the tire, got to watch out. Girl. Don't wanna see her by her eyes, O'Connor. Cause I've been watching,
1: you've been heard it. Let it be the one that loves you better.